the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It is hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show on Martin Luther King Day. I wish we had a Democratic Party that still viewed Dr. King 365 days a year as a transformational figure. They do today. It is uh, serves their purpose of positioning themselves as the party that is out there for minorities. But I don't believe that their policies, critical race theory... Approving of universities, again, segregating people according to color, thinking this is a good thing? These are not the policies that Dr. King embraced. Sure, today it's fashionable to talk about the I Have a Dream speech and about his legacy, uh, but they do not embody that when they have a president stand up in Atlanta last week and accuse people who just have a different view of how elections should be done in the United States of being Bull Connor, the Birmingham Department of Public Safety official who turned dogs and fire hoses on peaceful black protesters. There's such a grand difference between the racist actions embodied by Bull Connor and the actions of people who worry about the authenticity and security of our election by making mail-in balloting the norm, by not requiring voter ID, those are not even remotely the same things. And it's insulting. It's really insulting. And I wonder how people like James Clyburn and Maxine Waters can look themselves in the mirror when they've been elected to serve the American people. Most likely, a large portion of their voters are African Americans. And they allow... Joe Biden to make these kinds of ridiculous statements and and they don't push back against them, but instead double down on them. Meanwhile, in our inner cities, it's still as violent as it ever was. Last night, a young man, 900 block of South Champion Avenue, 13-year-old boy. I have a 12-year-old daughter. 13-year-old boy is taking out the trash. That's what we ask our kids to do, right? Hey, would you mind taking the trash out for me? And this young man complies obediently, helping out whoever asked him to do that. Maybe he just realized it on his own, of his own initiative. It needed to be taken out. Tomorrow's trash day. He's taking out the trash. It's 7.30 at night. Probably snowing. And four men walk up, exchange words with him, one of them pulls out a gun and shoots him in the abdomen. No arrests, 
Don't know how the young man is doing. I certainly pray that he's going to recover. But this is the violence in our inner city. I'm sure Andrew Ginther will get up and talk about how unacceptable it is if this young man succumbs to his gunshot wound. Ginther's very good at making these kinds of speeches. He's just not good at all at stopping this kind of violence in the city. But Ginther would be four square behind Joe Biden comparing Bull Connor to Joe Manchin or to me. And the people who police these violent areas of town, they don't have Andrew Ginther's support. He's doing everything he can to demoralize and denigrate Columbus police. And nationwide, our police were as unsafe in 2021 as they've been in a long, long time. FBI numbers say that more cops were feloniously killed, which means, you know, commission of a felony, in 2021 than at any time in the previous 10 years. Now, why would that be? Well, in 2020, we had the riots, right? We had the George Floyd riots. We had the demonization of police officers. All officers are Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin, racist cop. Except when Derek Chauvin was charged with killing George Floyd and convicted of killing George Floyd, racism was never brought up. Kim Potter. Officer also in Minnesota, convicted of shooting and killing Dante Wright by mistake. Reached for a taser, instead got her gun, shot him. White lady cop shoots young black male resisting arrest, like George Floyd. Never at trial brought up anything from an 18-year career by Kim Potter where she was thought to act in any kind of a racist way. But that's the narrative. And the narrative has consequences. Because 73 law enforcement officers were killed in 2021. A 60% increase over 2020. A 60% increase. Of the 73 police officers shot uh, uh, killed in the line of duty in 2021 by an act that qualified as a felony, 61 of the 73 were shot. Six were killed by the use of a vehicle, and four were killed by what they call personal weapons, most likely a knife. 24 of the 73, a third of them, were the result of unprovoked attacks. That's the highest total in 30 years. So this is the climate that Democrats have created by painting everything in terms of white and black, in terms of they're out to get you, they're hunting you. You can't get a fair shake. You're oppressed. This is the attitude. It ratchets up the anger. It magnifies illogic. Police officers die. And when police officers die, their families suffer a loss they will never get over. Now, I, I it's the same loss. I get it. That is suffered by untold numbers 
of largely black men in the inner city because of the violence out there. It's no less tragic, no more tragic. Every life creates grief and a struggle to endure that grief for many years, sometimes a lifetime. The one good part on the police side is that people at least seem to be coming to grips with the ridiculousness of the defund the police movement. When Pew Research asked about police funding in 2020, the year of the George Floyd riots, 12% of respondents said that police funding should be decreased a lot. In 2021, only 6% said it should be decreased a lot. So it lost more than half of its support. That's a good thing. That's a very, very good thing. Uh, Here is a statement from the Pew Research Report. Since 2020, the views of black Americans and Democrats have changed more than the views of white and Hispanic adults and Republicans when it comes to decreasing funding for local police. The share of black adults who say police spending in their area should be decreased has fallen 19 percentage points since last year from 42 to 23, including a 13-point decline in the share of those who say funding should be decreased a lot. The share of white and Hispanic adults who say funding for local police should be decreased also declined, but not as much. In 2020, 41% of Democrats said police funding should be decreased a lot. Now just 25% say so. So Democratic policies have been proven to be destructive in America's inner cities. And while I wish the percentages of those coming around and realizing that they are being victimized by these policies of people who purport to represent them and serve them, I wish the percentages were greater of the people being victimized who'd realize they're being victimized and are going to demand different policies different, hopefully, representation, because the policies aren't going to change unless the representation changes. Headway is being made. That's why it's important to not shrink from these conversations. That's why it's important to stand on truth, to have the numbers, to know the numbers, to understand the facts and be able to explain these situations smartly and succinctly. Because in all things, in all things, The truth may not be silenced, must not be silenced, can not be silenced. It is Martin Luther King Day today, so we have most schools out. In fact, I'd be surprised if there were any schools that are in today. I think we'd have had a snow day even if it were not a holiday. We may have a snow day tomorrow. Uh, Because, look, it seems pretty apparent to me that the roads are not plowed like they would have been plowed in a typical year. We are just struggling from getting people back to work, from getting people in jobs that uh, we've never really had to worry about them being filled before. Look at the shelves in your grocery store. It's every single day on social media, people are posting pictures of bare shelves at the grocery store. This is part of the socialism sampler, right? You got the open border. You've got astronomical prices for gas. You've got your heating costs going up. And you've got the government telling you, no, everything's fine. It's fantastic. 
pay no attention to the empty shelves in the store. But tomorrow, if we are back in school, we will no doubt have schools that are remote learning. Because last week, the Columbus City Schools eventually went all remote. They had 24 schools closed for a while. We've had other districts, Canal Winchester, I think, Reynoldsburg, Westerville, all of them dealing with staffing issues. What's the barometer for deciding whether a school can be open or not open, according to staffing? Well, according to Megan Henry's story in the Columbus Dispatch, uh, there is no exact standard. Some classes require a substitute. Some classes do not. Talisa Dixon, the superintendent of Columbus City Schools, said that each building has unique needs, and because of those unique needs, we have to determine those in a very different way. So it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. The good news is they do at least acknowledge that the ideal is to have kids in school. But whether they have the people to do it remains to be seen. Now, I talked earlier in the show about Glenn Youngkin, the Virginia governor who took office over the weekend about his attorney general firing 33 attorneys. This is the recipe for succeeding in politics. Tell people what you're going to do, then get in office and do it. Sometimes, though, I think that policy is uh, not the best practice. And for this, I hold up as an example, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. I like Jim Jordan. I like his fight. I like his allegiance to liberty. I like a lot of things about Jim Jordan. But I don't like waking up the opposition and giving them a reason to come out and vote against Republicans when it is not necessary to do so. That is, in my opinion, what he did on Sunday on Fox Business when Maria Bartiromo asked him if he was going to investigate Anthony Fauci should the Republicans take control of the House in the 2022 midterms. And Jim Jordan, of course, said, yeah, we are. Now, do I object to them investigating Anthony Fauci? No, I don't. But I don't think you need to awaken the enemy by telling them you're going to do it before you do it. Because you may, in fact, not end up doing it. Fauci may quit. may not be necessary to do it. You think Anthony Fauci is going to sit around and allow himself to be subjected to a congressional investigation? I don't. He's of an age where if the Republicans take control of the House, and they're going to, he's going to voluntarily leave. And then the problem goes away. And then there will have been no need to incite and invigorate the Democratic base did Jim Jordan win any votes for the Republican Party by saying, oh, you bet, we're going to investigate Anthony Fauci when we get control of the House? No. The people who are going to vote Republican are already going to vote Republican. So you didn't grow your support base at all. So, am I encouraging Jim Jordan to lie? No, I'm not encouraging Jim Jordan to lie. I'm encouraging Jim Jordan to be smart, and he's capable of being smart because I think he's a very, very smart guy. I think he's an intuitive guy. I think he thinks quickly on his feet. And his answer to the question about whether they're going to investigate Anthony Fauci would be, well, we're not going to count our chickens before they're hatched. Once we get control of the House, then we'll formulate an investigative agenda. And if Dr. Fauci is still 
at the NIH. Then we'll look at the latest data. And we'll look at all the statements that he has made under oath before. And then we'll make a determination. Which is 100% true. That is exactly what they will do. But instead, here is what Jim Jordan said. If the American people put us back in charge, we are definitely going to do this because we now know without a doubt that Dr. Fauci knew on January 31st that this virus came from a lab. The top scientists in the country were saying it came from a lab. One scientist says we got the notes from a conference call on February the 1st. The scientist says, I don't see how this can happen in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. And then Jordan goes on to point out that they have an email stream that shows that Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins tried to denigrate Jay Bhattacharya and the other authors of the Great Barrington Declaration, that they purposed a campaign to dismiss them as fringe, that Anthony Fauci has not conducted himself as a down-the-middle, apolitical public health expert. There's ample knowledge and ample evidence of that. But putting it out there right now, I just think is unnecessary. And we justifiably criticize Democrats for being partisan and agenda-driven. I think at the time you would undertake an investigation like this of Anthony Fauci, you can point out that it's necessary for reasons of precluding the commitment of mistakes down the road that have made been made now and have imperiled public health. That is how you sell such an investigation. But when you announce it almost a year before you actually take control of Congress, And when you are unquestionably going to have opportunities to interact with Anthony Fauci between now and then, most likely in an open house hearing, it ingrains, and I would say also legitimizes, the criticism that you are also partisan driven and have your own list of political enemies. So I just don't think that was very wise on Jim Jordan's part very easy to fall into these kinds of mistakes when you are talking to friends. And there's no doubt that when Jim Jordan is on Fox Business Sunday with Maria Maria Bartiromo, he's talking to a friend. But you can't ever lose sight of the bigger mission. And the bigger mission is to always adhere to the rule of law and on a political side not energize the opposition. They have no energy right now. Unless you give it to them. So don't give it to them. We'll talk your money next with Josh Pick. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.